we're going to go over to Valter in just a moment, who's going to share the word of God with us and, uh, and preach to us this morning. So I'd encourage you to really open your heart um, and invite, invite God to really speak. We've been working through a, a series, a um, new series in the book of Proverbs. And so um, let's really open our hearts to hear what um, the wisdom of God, uh, to hear what he's got to say to us this morning. Over to Valter. Good morning, friends. We're in the book of Proverbs and we're looking into our series called Living Wisely. Now, Dan started us off and he looked at what wisdom is all about, how wisdom is different from knowledge. Knowledge is just knowing a lot, whereas wisdom is knowing what to do with that knowledge. Now, we've seen that God ultimately is a true source of wisdom and that living closely to him means filling our lives with wisdom. Today, we're going to be looking at pride and humility. Now, we all would agree that we instantly prefer humility over pride, don't we? We kind of think about Mother Teresa and we think, oh yeah, we'd like to be like her. When we think of some arrogant, self-made people, we kind of think, oh yeah, no, uh, that's probably not what we aspire to. Uh, and uh, when I look at The Apprentice, for example, uh, the uh, the TV show, I, I instantly spot the ones they are kind of almost a personification of arrogance. You can see them and they're just so full of themselves. They rub people off the wrong way. It's only a matter of time before they come for a fall because pride comes for a fall. That's the famous proverb, isn't it? Well, when I watch, I always secretly hope they make it through to the interview round because when they get through to the interview round, I just hope they dig a hole so deep for themselves that they can't climb out of. But then I realize that taking delight in other people falling is also a form of pride. You see, there's many forms of pride. There is vanity, always being concerned about the way that you look, triple checking your hair before you go out, always being worried about the way you look, being anxious or worried about what other people think of you all the time, overanalyzing conversations and thoughts, what people might think of you and trying to steer the conversation or adjust people's views of you just to make sure they've got the right impression. Comparing yourself endlessly with other people, are they more successful than me? Am I more successful than them? Do they live in a bigger house or drive a bigger car than me or have a better job? I really should be doing this or that because they're doing this or that. Um, perhaps being defensive when other people talk about your weaknesses and not really wanting to go there. Being critical about others, being quick to judge. Perhaps being filled with self-reliance, always trying to make your own way. Being self-centered, not making space for other people and kind of becoming withdrawn, not deeply connected to people. They're all forms of pride. Now, it's very easy to spot pride in other people, but it's much harder to spot it in our own hearts. Yet there's pride that lurks in our hearts. Everywhere that we go, we take it with us. And the Bible has a lot to say about pride, quite stark things. Let me read you a few. For example, from Proverbs 18 verse 13, we can read that God hates pride and arrogance. I mean, that's pretty stark, isn't it? It says in Proverbs 16, verse 5, the Lord detests all the proud of heart. And then we can read in James 4, verse 6 in the New Testament, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You see, God is drawn to those who are humble. Now, why is God drawn to those who are humble and why does he hate pride? Is pride in God a little bit like our pride where 
when other people are doing better than us and are a bit proud, we kind of feel threatened and therefore we, we dislike pride? Or is it something else? Is God a bit vain that he gets worried when other people draw too much attention to themselves? I don't think so. God hates pride because it cuts people off from his heart. You see, what happens is when we were created, we were created to be other-preferring, focused on another, God. You see, the whole Trinity works like that. God the Father, the Holy Spirit and the Son are all other-preferring. It's like they have this wonderful dance, Tim Keller describes, where they're constantly revolving around the other. They never attract attention to themselves. They're, they're self-giving. They they love others. And what happens is when we were created, we were created into that dance to be other-preferring too, to be caught up into this wonderful unity. But what happened when Adam and Eve were tempted, Satan said, Oh, you know, you don't have to just glorify God. You could be like God. If you eat from this tree, you could be God himself. And what happened was that humanity got spiraled out of this wonderful dance and somehow got dislodged into this tiny little ever shrinking momentum curved in on itself. They just had a shrinking world and made everything about themselves. And that is the world that we now live in. When we look around, it's not hard to see that. We have so shrunk our worlds, it's all about us. Now, living in a Western world where we could be very easily self-reliant, this becomes even clearer. We don't have to go out. We don't need other people. We just love to make it all about ourselves. Maybe we'll have a few friends and a few other people to have meaningful relationships that benefit us. But really, lives evolves around a tiny little center of the universe, which is us. Now, the North African Bishop uh, of Augustine of Hippo coined a phrase uh, in Latin, which sounds like this, in curvatus in sea. For those who don't speak Latin like me, it means curved in on oneself. And he talks about how, how pride really is the root of all sin, where we are curved in on ourselves, how we have moved away from God to ourselves, and therefore we have fallen into sin. And when we have um, kind of changed the love for God to just love for self, our world becomes so small that we come curved in on oneself. Now, God hates that. God hates pride because he, do, he does not want his children to be centered around this small little tiny speck in the universe that is self. He wants us to be caught up in his big story, his big love. Over the last 10 years that I've been on a humbling journey, God's been pointing out areas of pride in my heart. Now, I grew up as a youngest in a family of six and uh, I had a twin brother who was pretty much better at everything. And uh, I had such a need to prove myself everywhere I go. I, I, I always trying to steer the conversation back on me and trying to talk about my achievements. And God really slowly start to undo that. When uh, we were in Norwich, and uh, we, we, I did an internship there, and some of you have told this story. I had to scrub pots and pans once a week in the kitchen, and I was so frustrated with that. I thought, I've got a physio degree, and here I am in a kitchen. I should not be doing this. I should be getting onto some more important theological matters. And, and yet, my mentor, Goff Hope, kind of said, No, yeah, it's really important that you need to learn how to serve. 
And over the last two or three years, God's really been speaking to me about judgment in the way that I speak about others. And uh, I read a book by Simon Holly, and uh, it was uh, very impacting to me. It's called Sustainable Power, and he talked about stepping away from the gavel, one of the chapters was called, and how he was just quick to judge other people about their theology, about their practice, and yet that somehow crushes what God wants to do in us. We take the seed of God when we judge others and we are not called to judge. It says in uh, Matthew 7 verse 1, it says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now there's so much judgment out there. You can just read on the internet and bloggers, such so many angry bloggers just slating other people. Uh, it really is judgment taking the seed of God and somehow they've missed this verse. I've missed this verse. And I really had to learn to step away from that and actually start to learn how to read some books, perhaps from people I might not 100% theologically agree with, just because I can still learn from them. God is doing wonderful things in them and through them, and I must have the humility to learn. We can see in the New Testament that John the Baptist came, and he was just an odd figure, and the Pharisees were like, he's just odd, we don't want to listen to him. And then Jesus came, and he was the total opposite, and they didn't want to listen to him either, and therefore they completely missed what God was doing, just because they were proud. Well, my friends, I do not want to miss what God's doing, so I need to humble my heart and learn from everyone. I can learn from everyone. Now, discernment's still needed. Doesn't mean we stop thinking or stop looking into scripture. What other people are saying, we don't just take everything straight away. Um, but there's a difference between discernment and judgment. Discernment is holding the ax back as long as you can, always trying to find a favorable explanation or interpretation for what people are saying. Whereas judgment is to be as quick as you can to put the ax down and look at ways to criticize others. And then over the last few months, really, God has been speaking to me about control learning to let go of control, that uh, I love the church and everything that uh, God's doing, but sometimes I just get into God's way. I just try to organize things and, and get ahead of him, and, and I don't learn how to be reliant on him. I, I get in the way, and I need to learn how to trust him, to surrender to him. Now, the antidote to pride is humility, and humility is really what the gospel is all about. We can read in Philippians 2 verse 6 that Jesus says, Who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even to death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. Now pride leaves us into a very serious place. It means that we are cut off from God's love. We are spiraled into this little corner of the universe and we are far away from God. Jesus came to save us from that. He was the one who was part of the Trinity and yet he did not uh, consider himself equal with God and laid down his life to come and save us. And what we can see is that Jesus laid down his life so he can save us, not so we can somehow just improve ourselves or we can make ourselves feel a little bit better, but he came to save us from 
from ourselves. We need to learn how to uh, let our old life die and lay it down because Jesus wants to catch us up into the life that he brings. Now, when we look at the early church, we can see that they really got this. They really got the love of Jesus. They saw how much Jesus loved them and he laid down his life for them to love others and prefer others. And they were just filled with generosity. They love community, being with one another, uh, to give sacrificially. They were they were so caught with this love. They they were completely curved out of themselves. They they were other preferring, God focused, worshiping, and loving the community around them. It's just a wonderful example. Now, they did so not because Jesus needed it, but because they embraced the gospel and found that they needed an expansion of the horizon of their lives. They needed their universe to be expanded away from self and into the gospel, into others. Now, how are you doing when it comes to living that element of the gospel? How comes when uh, we look at pride and humility? Are you increasingly curved inwardly, so worried about your own little world that you're just shrinking into it? Or are you curved outwardly, caught up into the wonderful purposes of God, his love for you and love for other people? Um, Humility is really the antidote to pride. And there's so many ways in which we can follow Jesus' example to practice it. Now, humility is not just playing yourself down, thinking less of yourself. That's not honouring to God. God has created you wonderfully in his image. And it's no point us trying to pretend to be worms and unworthy. That That's not going to help uh, humility. You can be a proud worm, so to say. But what we need to learn is not to think less of ourselves, but to think of ourselves less that we spent more time focused on worshipping God and more time caring for others and less considering ourselves. Now, how can we do that? Well, I love starting my day by spending time looking to God and worshipping him. I love uh, spending time in his presence, seeking him to worship him, just so I can move my attention away from self and onto him. Throughout the day, being with him and the end of the day, giving everything back to him again, uh, admitting that he is the only one who is God and gets his to-do list done at the end of the day. Making sure that I make time for other people, that I allow people to interrupt my day and make space in my heart for them specifically working at home at the moment. There's kids wandering in and out. I don't know about you, but there's all sorts of interruptions. Actually, allowing interruptions to happen is a way of learning how not to just let everyone else rigidly conform to our proud full schedules, but to surrender to what God has for us that day. Um, It might be learning how to hand over control, trusting God, not trying to so hard press forward and make our own way, Uh, learning how to embrace our weakness and limitations, to rest in God, to take rhythms, take a day off, spend time with Jesus throughout the day just to learn how to embrace it, that he truly is God. There's such a form of pride to always keep going, always be busy, always need to be seen busy, always talking to other people saying, I'm so busy. Oh yeah, life is so difficult, so hard and so there's so much to do. That's a form of pride and self-reliance when we're not learning how to trusting God for these things, learning to be thankful for what God has given you rather than being frustrated with what he hasn't given you yet. 
spotting other people's uh, amazing qualities, being thankful for evidences of grace rather than being quick to criticize. Look at what God is doing in other people. Um, looking at learning to bear with others, learning how to serve in secret, learning how to uh, respond humbly to trials, learning how to be patient for the long haul. Read some books of people that you don't completely agree with theologically and learn from them whatever you can. Be quick to look at things that they're doing right and God is in doing in them to honour them and honour what God is doing in them. So let me encourage you at the end uh, of this message. Are you increasingly curving outwardly, worshipping God, drawing away from self, loving other people? Are you being caught up into the purposes of God? Have you been saved and rescued from yourself? My friends, Jesus has died for you to be caught up into his ever-revolving dynamic dance of God and he wants to bring freedom. Freedom from self. So let me pray at the end of this message. Jesus, we thank you for that wonderful sacrifice. We thank you that you have called us up into your amazing purpose, that you have invited us into the dance of God, that you've deliver liberated us from ourselves and that you've saved us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Vata. Such a challenge, I think, isn't it? I don't think there's anyone listening who, who wouldn't be able to say for a moment that that's never themselves who finds themselves reacting pridefully or, or, or something in their heart and putting themselves first as if the world revolves around themselves. I've done it. I do it. Um, yeah, let, let's, um, let's put our eyes on Jesus. The remarkable thing is, as Vauta kind of said, the one who deserves all glory and adoration being God and being good and full of love is the one who humbled himself, which is absolutely remarkable. Um, so let's... Um, Let's set our eyes onto Jesus, uh, our example. Yeah, Father, we do want to acknowledge you as God and not ourselves. We don't want to come with inflated egos, assuming that we are the ones who deserve honour and all the rest, Lord. It is you who deserves honour and glory. You're, you are God. We are just, we're, we're just men among many, but you are God and you alone are God. So, Lord, you deserve all the glory and all the praise and all the honour. And uh, Lord Jesus, we want to say that we love you this morning. We love you because you died on the cross to save us and you rose again so that you defeated sin and death so that you could add us into your family and we could find life and salvation and eternity with you. We love you, Lord. Amen.